0: <laughs> back.
1: (laughs) We'll be right back. So, fucking, my wife, (laughs) my wife, during this point, was was playing a healer, uh, decided, okay, this cutscene, I gotta go take a piss. So they just, like, ran to the bathroom as the cutscene's going on, like, as fast as they could, and went to go to the bathroom, and, like... hear them come back, just, like, <laughs> just like running back into the room. And they made it just in time. They're like, they, like, made it just in time. I'm losing my shit. They give me a quick kiss, and then it's just, like, time. They're back in the raid. It's fine. I mean, that just sounds... Compl- that just sounds responsible. <laughs> responsible. I mean... Honestly, if you're not, like, able to, like, gauge cutscene length to go, like, use the restroom, like, are you even a real gamer? (laughs) What I
2: mean by responsible is that when I used to raid in WoW, there there was a specific year where it was... Oh, we have trick or treaters at the door. Healers adjust. Pop your cooldowns. I'm put. I'm activating my tanking and cooldowns, and I'm leaving the computer. Be back in thirty seconds. Holy no, shit! No tra- No transition. No cutscene. Just I'm popping a cooldown, and I'm standing here. Those kids need their candy. And then I rush out, get the candy, go, come back. Okay next next round of of trick or treaters, okay, well, my cooldowns are down, obviously, so the the healer is go <laughs> the healer's going to go over, so now we just have to like use our movement cooldowns to stay away from the boss for like ten oh, seconds, okay. That's then the next good. one comes down, okay. Raid leader's turn, he pops his tanking cooldowns, and leaves his computer, gives the trick-or-treaters there. Because the thing is, we are the way that I was going through university was obviously all my roommates and I were in the same World of Warcraft Guild. So it was just this we set up a rotation for trick-or-treating.
1: That's that's actually incredible, and honestly, I've never considered you more of a gamer than I do now.
2: Once an hour after this, this whole process had been going and, you know, we were just continuing our raid night where every boss, we just had like a 30 second rotation of us running around. One of our non-WOW playing friends came by uh, because he forgot that it was raid night. And then we were like, oh, hey, great that you're here. Could you just like be our trick or treat person? (laughs) And he said, sure. And his costume was a it was a monitor, but like hollowed out. To be, like, an object head. Oh, that's very good. So he just, like, sat on a chair on our, like, with our, not, like, on the porch, but, like, inside the door, but the door was open. It was mm-hmm. a very mild October. Um, and then, yeah, so, and, like, the, just the bowl in his lap. And then when kids would come would come by, assuming he's, like, uh, just a prop, he would just,
1: like. <laughs> I love that. I, I always love people who are able to stay still enough for people to be like, oh, that's just, like, a thing. That, that's not a person. It's very good. The The second thing that happened, which was this morning, like, about an hour or two ago, probably two hours ago at this point, maybe even three, Uh. I had been laying, like, sideways on the bed, because, like, I hadn't been able to get back to sleep, and I was just kind of, like, fucking around playing Arknights, and uh, I was, like, sideways on the bed, and Aiden sat down on the bed and decided to put their Hava, like, container, like, open right next to me without mentioning it so i did not notice uh and i like turned over to try and readjust to like lay back normally on the bed and i ended up knocking a bunch of halva like directly onto the bed and their solution for this was to bend down and just start licking the halva off our bed sheets directly (laughs) and it worked it It did work to be clear (laughs) it's the only way to make
2: sure that none of it gets wasted
1: you're right! <laughs> it was much faster than, like, going
2: to get paper towels, like, and just wiping it off. I, I, and I got to still eat it. It's fine. Yeah, I agree. I This was the <laughs> correct decision, and I agree entirely, wholeheartedly. I support this endeavor.
1: <laughs> I Saying it was the wrong decision, it was just very funny to watch. No, it was absolutely My... the correct decision for me to make. It was just very funny to to watch them bend over and, like and just start licking our bed sheets, okay? <laughs> like Jesus Christ. We we should probably time this. Oh man. We well, have
2: only a little time to please the living, but all eternity to love the dead, Sophocles.
1: Or is, is this how we're starting off the Bleach twenty twenty one energy? We're just gonna, we're just gonna start up with a Sophocles quote. I yeah, want. Well,
2: there's there's worse ways to start off a year.
1: I mean, yeah. But <laughs>
2: Do you have a worse. better? Would you have a better statement that you want to start the uh, the year off with?
1: Um. Uh, uh I'm I'm free I'm like frantically looking around my room and I'm I'm just gonna Sophocles it is, Nighttime Cold and Flu Relief compared to the active ingredients of Vix NyQuil Cold and Flu Liquid Caps. I think that's a better statement.
2: <laughs> mm, pressing X. <laughs> pressing X multiple times to doubt.
1: I just... I was not prepared for this. Uh, t- <laughs> Happy New Year, Sam.
2: <laughs> Happy New Year's.
1: The, it's, um... We, we made it. We're, we're in 2021. We, we have made it to the future. Um, everything is right with the world. Nothing bad has ever happened. Uh, we... We're we're doing it. We're back on Bleach.
2: You have to understand that this me this is a important milestone. This is the first time this podcast crosses over into a new year.
1: Yeah, and probably not the last question mark. <laughs> like I I still have momentum. Like <laughs> we're we're doing this. We we still have like three hundred episodes of like Bleach to get through after this, plus the the other anime. You mean
2: Play- you mean
1: 500 episodes. What? Isn't it? No, it's 366 episodes, Sam. We're, mm. we're not watching One Piece. We're not watching Naruto. We're watching Bleach.
2: Well, you know how it all blends together.
1: I'm old. Uh, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got, like, roughly, like, 150 a little like a little over 150 episodes of this podcast to go through before we finish the original bleach anime and then have to move on to the new bleach anime whenever that comes out this year. We we've, we've got a long road ahead of us, Sam.
2: And movies and whatever I I guess whatever uh, Burn the Witch does.
1: Yeah, like, like, I don't know, like, I I see that maybe having, like, three three more seasons, maybe. Regardless. No, fu-
2: Today is Bleach. Today is Bleach, episodes 54 and
1: 55. Today is Bleach. Uh, you are listening to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Lily. And I'm your co-host, Sam. I... <sighs> I, I de- I'm gonna be honest, I don't think I felt, like, that strongly one way or the other about, like, either of these episodes. Like, I, I think I, like, obviously we will get into them, but, like, I think the second episode I liked better, the, the, the first episode, my episode, just kind of happened, and I'm like, alright.
2: Yeah, like, I, I'm i disappointed in the first episode. Like, I like it, there was stuff that happens that I like, it, overall it's fine, uh, but it feels like it should be way cooler, <laughs> which is the problem.
1: Let's, do you let's, want... let's
2: just get into it. Let's just get into
1: yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like we have this energy where we need to just get into it. I, I drank an entire cup of coffee before this podcast, like, in one fucking go. I'm just like, all right, let's do it. Episode 54, An Accomplished Oath. Get back, Rukia. Uh, I really like that on the Wikipedia page, back is the only word that isn't capitalized for some reason. I don't know why, but... Eh. It
2: was like, I guess, accomplished oath is being treated as like, a big thing TM. Although I do, I, I like the way you said it, because I'm pretty sure it's meant to be like, get back rukia as in we're taking her back and not get back rukia as in go away rukia
1: <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not entirely clear but honestly like i guess it could work both ways they do both they d- they, do, they definitely do both they do do both We start off with some shots reminding us that Kenpachi and Komamura are about to battle as they are startled by a surge of energy from Sokyoku Hill, leading them, as well as Ikaku, Sentaru, Yachiru, and the Ryoka to realize that the execution of Rukia is beginning. Matsumairo and Hitsukai also realize this and set out for the Central 46 compound while Kira comes into view. This is like... Three or four separate shots of just, like, different groups of people being like, huh, that's a lot of
2: energy. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, shit's going down, I better hurry up and, like, finish my side plot.
1: And and then, my my favorite part about this is that is like, we should probably hurry, and they just, like, walk. They don't even run, they just walk.
2: They're like, remember your power walking, we'll need all the stamina we we can muster later.
1: (laughs) Sentaro and Kione bicker while Ukitaki dramatically walks through a door with some kind of shield, stating that this is their only shot after Central 46 didn't listen to them, before claiming they are going to destroy the Sokyoku. They're sure mentioning Central 46 a lot, and I, I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember it being mentioned in the anime at all before this. It's been mentioned, like, once or twice as being
2: the, like essentially the Senate to the Shigami's, like, armed corps.
1: Um, that's that's what I figured. It It's just like, I don't know, they're mentioning it a lot, and I'm like, okay, I have not watched this show in two weeks. I don't know what the fuck you're on about. Like, because basically we we know Ukitake,
2: like, that. those are the people he was going to appeal to, and we know that Hitsugaya's like, what's up with them changing the execution date a ton? And he's like, I need to go talk to those weirdos, like, sp- like in person. I need to find out what's going on.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. It, it does make sense. <laughs> uh, elsewhere, Yachiru tells the Ryoka that she's going ahead to the execution grounds, since Ichigo might be there and she wants to help since he's Kenny's friend. She dashes ahead, leaving the Ryoka stunned, as on Sokyoku Hill... Genryusa Yamamoto agrees to Rukia's plea to allow the Ryoka to leave unharmed after the execution. 4th Division Lieutenant Isane notes this as cruelty, since she believes Yamamoto has absolutely no intention of sparing them, while her captain suddenly appears and calls it a kindness, explaining it's the least they can do to give Rukia peace of mind. I think this is very funny, because I remember last time we recorded that you were like, oh yeah, Urahana's just already there. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> what's the point of her just... Well, th- the other thing is, like, so in the... Ma-
2: this is a thing, I didn't even put it down in my manga notes uh, because I wanted to mention it here. Like, in the manga, yeah, she's already there. And because the- in the anime, they they kept track of the change they made because Isane actually says, like, oh, hey, Captain, like, where what took you so long or whatever? Like, she's, like, she greets her captain as she arrives. So the anime is, like, keeping up this thing that Unahana was not there. Um, which I... Th- I don't think it's anything big. I I do think it's literally Juts. The story, both in the anime and the manga, says that she was probably the one who healed Renji. So the anime yeah. is making it more clear that she took some time to heal Renji, and that's why she's, like, late.
1: Yeah, it's it's not a bad change by any means. It's just, like, okay. Yeah, good, good to
2: see that they're keeping up the cont- the continuity that they set up instead of just, like, having her there from the start, I guess. Yeah. I do like, uh, so, I, I like the little, um... Like, The conversation that they have though, because it's like, okay, well, like, I get, you can see how it can be considered a kindness or considered like a cruelty, uh, and it's just like, oh, this is just like two different uh opinions on death, the death penalty, I guess,
1: yeah, and like, it, I don't know, it gives us like some honestly, much-needed character on Unahana. Like, it's not much, but it's enough to be like, okay, well, I at least have, like, a better idea of who this captain I haven't seen, like, at all is. The Kido Corps surrounds the Sokyoku, performing several hand seals in front of short pillars, causing a surge of energy as Yamamoto commands them to release it. The robes binding the Sokyoku whirl and snap, unbinding it as they fly off and embed themselves into the ground beneath the hill. Rukyama remembers how Gin had put her heart in turmoil, but she feels at peace once more, assuming this may be due to Yamamoto's promise, or due to her brother. I will say, these ropes? Pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really cool to just see, like, the ropes fly out, and then they're, like, they basically land as if they were straight iron bars, and it's like, holy shit, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's a good effect. the The bit where she's, like... Thanks, bro, for completely ignoring me and treating me like garbage. It helped settle it helped make me ready to pass on. I'm just like, oh my god, Rukia, please. We need no. to get you to therapy.
1: Rukia's just like, ah, oh, my brother ignoring me. Feels just like I'm home again. It's the worst. <laughs> she looks over at everyone. Thanking Biakia as three white cubes rise from the execution platform, the cord binding her arms dissolves, and the cubes splay out her arms. Like, to be clear, the the cubes are not, like, actively touching her, but it's clear they're, like, exerting some force over her as she inserts some sort of, like, almost, like, crucifying pose. (laughs) It's 100% a
2: crucifixion. It does look sick uh, as shit, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. I I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it locks her legs together and lifts her to hover towards the top of the scaffold. Kyoroku asks Nanao not to look so sad, since it's making him feel bad, and Nanao is like, I'm not feeling sad, that, that's not the feeling I'm feeling right now. Uh, Rukia is in position, and fire flares from the Sokyoku, coiling around it as Omaida is shocked by its power. The Sokyoku levitates and turns its point to Rukia, in the single coolest shot this episode, to be clear, uh, as Suifon notices, it is in fact changing shape into Kikou, a massive phoenix that Yamamoto claims is the true form of the Sokyoku. I did not remember this happening at all. <laughs> I had
2: completely forgotten that it turned into a giant fucking phoenix, and I, when it's like, when I, when we say giant, we mean like Rukia is smaller than this thing's eye.
1: Yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, this, absolutely massive. It is taking up the entirety
2: of the sky around them. Like, it is just this grand beast, and it's like, holy shit, this is so cool.
1: I, I will say, I really hope you like this really shitty fire effect, because you're sure gonna get a lot of it next episode. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's like... It's very clear that they were trying to make this fire look like really overwhelming and intimidating and it like it does not really work. It looks really bad honestly.
2: <laughs> well it's like this shot in the manga is one of the coolest two-page spreads that has come that has happened in the series. And, like it is an absolutely incredible page. And they you know they were trying to like match it but it, does, it doesn't hit nearly as hard, and it is a shame, because, like, oh, this really cool th- thing just doesn't look as good in the anime. But it's like, okay, well, they tried. I understand. They tried. Like, I... It, you can't make every episode look sick as shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, you gotta budget it. it it's, it's a long... It's like a never-ending anime. Like, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> it, it's just very silly. Um... Yamamoto claims that the execution will be over, as Kiko'o is the officiating executioner of the ultimate punishment. Uh, it will be over once Kiko'o pierces Rukia's body, leading the latter to mentally affirm that she is not afraid. She's had a good life, meeting Renji and friends' kids, those kids dying, being taken in by Byakuya, who ignores her, being taken in by Kayan, who died, and meeting Ichigo. <laughs> She's not sad or suffering, and she thanks everyone, before turning her last thoughts to Ichigo, thanking him, as tears roll down her face because she's not sad or afraid. <laughs> I her-
2: understand that the point of the scene is that she's thankful for, like, all the people who have made it impact in her life, and she's, give- she's basically giving, like, a last, like... Here's all the important people that I hold in my heart he, and, like, my rec- my um, recognition to them and, like, how important they are to me. I understand that. But also, the way she frames it, or the way the show frames it through her monologue is, Renji befriended me, uh, Nissan took me in, Kayen guided me, and Ichigo saved me. I didn't do shit my entire life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just all these dudes... It really is just kind of, like, really cementing that, uh, at this point, Rukia is just kind of a body. And, like, that that becomes more clear throughout the episode. It's... Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're almost there. Kiko lunges for her, and a burst of flame springs from the collision, as everyone except the viewers of the hit anime series Bleach is shocked to see Ichigo Kurosaki holding back the massive phoenix. I'm going to
2: say I was shocked because he is, like, no-selling it. Just completely. He doesn't even... (laughs) He looks like he doesn't notice it's there.
0: (laughs) He's, like, his
1: sword isn't even unsheathed. His sword is just on his back. And, it it, like, the phoenix is just, like, running into his sword on his back. And he's just standing there, like, hey. (laughs) Soifon tries to sell
2: it. You know, I'll give her credit. She's like, "The, the, the Sokyoku. With the with the power of a thousands of Bakuto, how can he hold it back with a single blade? And Ichigo's like What's happening?
1: Where am I? <laughs> it's not even a thousand Bakuto, it's a million! It's
2: <laughs> No, it's, it's it's a thousand at first, and then it's a million when it's killing someone. When it's actually doing the killing.
0: Okay, I'm glad we
1: have this dichotomy down. <laughs> <laughs> fucking it, i i'm going to be honest i think at this point in the, in the episode is where i'm like okay so the power levels in bleach just do not fucking matter anymore because because it it is so absolutely absurd that Ichigo has gotten so powerful so quickly that he's able to hold back a million blades worth of fucking power by just standing there.
2: <laughs> well like the only pro- the only problem I have is with the Sokyoku itself because like, this episode and other, and, like, the next upcoming episodes, they, they still track Ichigo's powers, like, being relatively even to a captain's. And he was, he was, quote, captain level before he started his, like, last chunk of training, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just, like... It's just the bird. It's the firebird that's the problem here. Because Soifan's like, this is incredible, what's happening? And he's just completely no-selling it. He, he looks like he's not even noticing it. Or, like, exerting any pressure. And even Ruki is like, carefully, Chico, you won't be able to take its second attack. And I'm like, what makes you think that? Like, he didn't, there was no effort expended on his part at
1: all. Like. Is it the bandages? Because those were, like, there before he got attacked by the bird. <laughs> yeah so it's just
2: the this comfort like it looks cool like he looks really badass like holding it off uh with his sword on his back like it's really cool but also it just turns the whole the phoenix into a complete joke
1: it, it absolutely does we've been building up to this fucking sokyoko thing being like this ultra powerful mega weapon and it just has no impact because of this <laughs> Uh, Rukio demands to know why ichigo is here stating that he uh, stating that he knows he can't beat Biakia which she still believes for some reason claiming that she is resigned to her fate she claims she does not need to be rescued and tells him to go home. Suifon is astonished by the fact that Ichigo is as powerful, which we've already talked about, and now confirms that it is the Ryoka that everyone has been talking about. Byakuya is just kind of staring at Ichigo. Uh, Kikōo prepares for a second attack, as Rukia kind of freaks out about Ichigo probably not being able to take a second hit, as Ichigo rushes towards the bird. Suddenly, a long cable wraps around its neck and embeds the end of itself into the ground. Turns out... Ukitake is here, with a weird shield, and that's where the cable is coming from. Shunsui helps jam the rod further into the ground, commenting on Ukitake's lateness, the latter of which is apologizing for how long it took to break the seal before slamming the shield into the ground. Uh, <laughs> this just kind of further cements the fact that like this bird is fucking nothing.
2: Yeah, it's just, like, Soifan is immediately like, Stop them! They're gonna destroy the Sokyoku! And just like... How? What is this thing? Why is this able to destroy the Sokyoku? Like, it's,
0: it's so fucking funny!
2: Which <laughs> it does really easily, I should add.
1: Yeah, no, like she freaks out. She's like, "Oh, they're trying to destroy the Sokyoku." Which we know this because Ukitake has like openly been yelling like to everyone, "Hey, we're going to destroy the Sokyoku," and then Soi like orders like uh, Marichio to stop them and he's like, Why me? And then Ukitake and Shinsui slash through the shield, which sends energy through the cable, which just leads to Kiko just exploding.
0: <laughs>
2: Like, I'm sure there's a guidebook somewhere that's like, oh, this shield is a super ancient, powerful, one-of-a-kind artifact passed down by the generations, and the only reason they could do it is because they're the two, like, strongest captains in the squad, and, you know, it, like, if it was anybody but those two, it wouldn't have worked, and da da The show doesn't give you any of that. The show has him show up with his shield, boom, kills the Sokioku, it explodes, it's done. And it's just like, oh.
1: Alright. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the show doesn't even tell you the name of the shield. Which it is, is it, it's the Shihoen shield, which, you know, is, like, is, it, is that not the same clan that, like, Yoroichi is from?
2: Like, we know Yoroichi is from a clan, uh, like, her her name is Shihoen Yoroichi. We know her clan, like, she mentioned that her clan has a bunch of, like, weird, ancient, super magical artifacts. We've seen exactly one of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and the shield happens to have the uh, same symbol, the symbol of her clan on it. Like this. This might not even be like a shield that they made or something. It might be something that they picked up
1: somewhere and then they added their symbol to it. The Wikipedia, uh, the the like Bleach Wiki, explicitly calls it the Shihoin Shield. Jesus Christ! All right. <laughs> yeah, that like th- every time I'm just like, where where are you getting that this mean, information? That means there's, no, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> like they they don't tell us <laughs> like i would have been fine if like there was like a 30 second excerpt with like ukitake explaining like what this was but there's just not that at all yeah, and
2: and it's like i don't i don't want to be like i don't i don't want this also to be like a star wars everything has to be explained every detail has to be connected thing it's just this kind of comes out of nowhere and the Sokyoku's, is, has spent like 3 weeks or more than three, like several episodes worth of time, just being explained as like this super incredible thing, and then it just like really peters, like it just gets completely jumped out in its first appearance. It's like okay, it's, you could have had a, just a little bit, even just like saying, "Oh, it's this," I don't know, forbidden technique or whatever, or forbidden shield or whatever, just any anything that implies that this is more is more than a walk in the park. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, they literally just break the shield, and then it's, like, over. Like, it it just explodes the bird. (laughs) Ichigo is like, huh... I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. Oh, well, time to break the scaffold! As his eyes glow blue, and Rukia's like, Ichigo, what are you doing? You can't just break the scaffold. It's as durable, if not more durable, than the Sokyoku. And he's like, eh, I, I don't care about that. And it, like he starts spinning Zangetsu above his head like, like his Hollow form thing did. And... <laughs> He just does it anyway and breaks the scaffold, and he's like, yeah, I don't care what you say, I'm saving you now. And he just, like, carries her under his arm, and then she, like, starts getting all tearful and thankful, and is like, I'm not gonna thank you, babaka. And then just...
2: I, I appreciate Ichigo just being like, oh, as, <laughs> as durable as that bird that just got jumped out, you say. <laughs> And then, yeah, he proves that the frame is just as durable. He just cleaves it in twain. And to be clear, it's a really cool shot. Like, it, it, it looks is. really cool when he does it, Uh, but it is still kind of like, oh, okay, I guess he just, he just does it. Relatively effortlessly.
1: I-, I will say my favorite thing about this whole part here is that he's spinning Zongetsu above his head, and then when Rukia is like, "You can't just break that," he's like, "Okay, well I am." And then he stops spinning Zongetsu, holds it in his hand, and then stabs it. And it's like, "Why were you? Why were you even spinning it above your head? What?" <laughs> was it was his key charge animation,
2: obviously. <laughs> he was gathering the strength for the hit. <laughs> clearly you know you hold (laughs) hold light punch and light kick start the charge that's when he does the spin and then you do your heavy and that's when he grabs the sword and he stabs it
1: down i'm really glad these fighting game jokes are sticking around in bleach cast (laughs) 2021 fucking so he's got rukia under his arm because she's just a body and has no like fucking you know uh autonomy. that That's the word I'm looking for here, I think. Autonomy. And, uh, she's like, okay, so how do you plan to escape? And Ichigo's just like, we'll run. And is like, you realize there's, like, five captains here, right? And Ichigo's just like, yeah, I'll just beat them all, and then we'll run. Also, like, I gotta save all these other people, too, that, like, helped. You know, every other person that, you know, helped, I've gotta save them, too. Rukia's like, wow, Ichigo is so much stronger now. And then, and then Renji just shows up, and he, like, apparently took on, like, the keto core, and he's, like, really fucking tuckered out because, like, obviously he was, like, near death, like, a week ago. And then Renji's like, nobody would have saved Rukia if I didn't show up. And Ichigo smiles and then lifts up Rukia, both her and Renji realizing what is happening, as Ichigo goes catch and throws Rukia towards Renji, telling uh, Renji, "Hey, remember, Rukia's a woman in this show and has no autonomy, so you have to be the one to carry her out of here. Don't let her go at all, even if it kills you." And Renji's like, "Got it, boss," and just runs off.
2: He really throws her like a missile, <laughs> like, like the oh, and you know, I think, I think. Any of the captains could have ca- could have just caught her out of the air at this point, oh, but they absolutely. were too st- they were too stunned by what the fuck was happening. They were like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! Renji is betraying us! What?" And then he they see the toss, and it's like, "Is he fuck- What is he fucking doing?"
1: <laughs> it's the dumbest shit. It's so dumb, and I loved it, but it's like, come on. <laughs> The This episode, like, honestly, like, the the more I'm thinking back on it, you know what, maybe I did fucking love this episode. It was hilarious.
2: <laughs> like, previously they've shown that Rukia's is, like, too, um, she's too weak from her imprisonment, basically. Like, she has trouble walking, but it's still like, yeah, as soon as she gets saved, she's carried around, she's thrown, like, a bag of potatoes, and then Renji just holds her while he runs away. She doesn't get to do anything.
1: She, she doesn't get to do anything for herself at all. Um, Renji does run off as Ichigo and Byakuya glare at each other. Uh, three of the lieutenants go after Renji because now is the time to act. And Ichigo just, like, shows up immediately and stops them all without even using, like, Zangetsu. Like, Zangetsu is, like, embedded in the ground. And he just, like, completely no-sells how powerful these three lieutenants are because he's just that powerful now.
2: He just chumps uh, them out entirely, like, he just, he punches each of them, he punches one of them through his, through his weapon, like, just completely crutches it.
1: it it's, like, it's cool, don't get me wrong, like, it's a cool little bit, but it's, like, wow, you really powered up that much, huh? And so, it's, it is
2: consistent-ish, in the, so, like, we know that captains are, like, crazy powerful compared to vice captains, oh, yeah. and we know that Ichigo, again, was at ca- was sort of at captain level before his latest bout. Like, you know, he fought uh, Kenpachi to a draw before yeah. his latest training. So it's like, okay, like, we get it. Ichigo is, like, super strong, but it just makes these three these three vice captains look bad. Like, they yeah. look awful. They, all of them just, they, they grab their swords, they release them, and then they just all get knocked out in a single blow each. And it's like, oh, all right, well...
1: Like, there's even, like, a cool animation for each of them, like, releasing into Shikai. And then, like, Ichigo just clowns them. Like, just completely.
2: This might be the most important thing any of them do for the rest of the series as well.
1: <laughs> That's so sad.
2: Wait, so- no, I was wrong. What One of them has a, re- a really <laughs> doing the biggest air quotes important scene. Later. Oh, it's so bad! But th- that's later. That's later. That's a future Bleachling. We have to keep going. We have to keep going.
1: We do have to keep going. Uh, we're almost to the end of this episode, because, like, literally all of, like, what happens past that was the uh... uh Fucking Byakia comes to strike at Ichigo, who then grabs Zangetsu and, like, blocks the attack, and he's like, I can read your movements, Byakia and then the episode ends, and that's, like, literally it.
2: But you can't forget the post credit scene.
1: Oh, I didn't watch the post credit scene.
2: She, the we get our first episode of Shinigami Golden and we get the introduction of the Afro Soul Reaper Zenosuke Kurumadari who thanks to the this is how he says it thanks to the arrest and incarceration of Rukia the previous reaper in charge of Karakura Town's region he got a promotion and now he's in charge unfortunately as he as he gets a message on his cell phone to go fight a hollow he's trampled by the Karakura superhero squad <laughs> As they go off and do his job for him. Jesus Christ! This sounds uh, like a lot. <laughs> the, this like I mention it because this Afro guy shows up again. Like he he mostly shows up for like one off jokes and stuff, but he he does show up again. Like as a this is like a a consistent canon thing that he exists. Uh, it's not like he he gets introduced into Mango much much later, but basically it's just like. Yeah, he the Afroid Soul Reaper who took Rukia's job.
1: That sounds like a lot, and it also sounds like it's probably not the greatest, but like we'll uh
0: We'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I just wanna mention the um so the three in in the manga, uh there aren't really anything to a. Th- there's only one like big change, which is when Ruki is going on about like Renji befriending her, Byakuya taking her in, Kain guiding her. In the anime, it's Ichigo saved her, and they're ta- and they're showing like, um, the thing they show is when they met, and when Ichigo took her powers to save her from the Hollow. In the manga. Okay. They say Ichigo tried to save her, and they're showing scenes from his first failed attempt to get her away from Byakuya.
1: Huh. Interesting change.
2: <laughs> it's a weird change to make.
1: Yeah. Uh, I do Don't prefer that.
2: the anime's thing.
1: <laughs> I think I do too.
2: Like, she, it, it makes a lot more sense for her to be thinking about the way that uh, Ichigo actually impacted her life versus trying to impact her life.
1: Yeah, I, I agree there. That it, it just makes more sense. Uh,
2: as far as the diary is concerned, the the jokes basically just continue in that the the soccer match between Jinta and Kon starts, and then Khan just starts fist fighting Jinta for because he wants the he wants his body back, and Jinta obviously doesn't want to uh, give it up because it's a present from his crush.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I mean th- that these- sounds like the next step to that joke.
2: But these two idiots are just full on fist fighting in the middle of a soccer game, and Ururu's the coach. Uh, she's the ref, so she's saying it's not a red card. Uh, and then one last detail, and I'm just gonna share this in the podcast chat because it's a cool page. Uh, we get like the English translation for the names of each of the three vice captains' um, uh, swords. So Isane's okay. is Isane's is frozen snow. Uh, the first vice captain's is soul and spirit. And then the big guy is five Head.
1: Okay. I mean, t- we don't really get to see them do anything, so I guess, like, alright.
2: <laughs> I literally- like, I can think of one of these characters being in a fight later, and one of these characters doing an important thing later, and I- th- that's literally all I can remember these three people doing for the rest of the
1: franchise. <laughs> that's so sad! They, that's so sad that at least two of these characters' only purpose was to get clowned on by Ichigo this episode.
2: <laughs> Ripped to them, but Renji's different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Should we go ahead and move on to our five minute break, or is there more?
2: <laughs> no, I'm good. Let's just go all on to the break. Get on to the next right. part. get back into it with episode 55 the strongest shinigami ultimate confrontation between teacher and students we start the episode with the clash of ichigo and byakuya with the latter asking ichigo why he keeps trying to save rukia he's like why i like literally why i'm trying so hard here (laughs) (laughs) which understandably ichigo turns it around he's like hey um
1: Why don't you try to save your sister? (laughs) What is wrong with you? I think my favorite part about this bit is, like, we totally could have gotten, like, genuine insight into what Byakia is thinking, like, his mindset here, but he, he totally does the, like, really stupid anime villain thing where he's like, oh, you wouldn't understand my complex motives. Well, I think, so, We like, we do get
2: byakuya's uh, motivations later like i i know this is a thing that's coming in a late in a later episode uh yeah. but in this case he's like like because he's still looking at ichigo and it's like just complete disrespect he's like oh my god you wouldn't fucking understand like what is wrong with you which yeah. like talking talking would be a waste of time let's just fight um and then the pair of them just basically just gear up for a full for a full strength knock knockout brawl uh like they knock each other away and ichigo is like well look the only clearly the only path left to be is kill you recapture rukia and execute her myself <laughs> god damn guy like
1: <laughs> there's this, conviction and then there's this is, there's, geez, this is this, a man dedicated to his craft yeah exactly
2: <laughs> he's <laughs> he's 100 dedicated to this uh, just as they go at each other in a sequence of flash taps, we cut to Renji and Rukia. And Rukia is even echoing what we were putting down. She's like, hey, let me down. I need to go help him, somehow. <laughs> and Renji's like, oh, for the love of god, we are trying to make a sneaky escape. Stop yelling. <laughs> like, we're trying, my job is to get you away. Please stop yelling. Also, neither of us are gonna be any help in that fight.
1: It's and- very funny that Rukia's like, you're the one being loud here. I, I'm not even yelling.
2: <laughs> Renji also tells her something that Ichigo told him while they were underground, which is how and and this is like just a like a genuinely like nice moment where Ichigo is like, meeting Rukia didn't just save my life, it completely changed my destiny and it gave me the power to protect others. Uh, and this contrasts with what Rukia feel has been feeling guilty about this entire arc because she's always. Like, she thinks the same way. She didn't save his life, she changed his destiny. But she feels like that's a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, oh, he genuinely believes that this thing that I did that I've been feeling really bad for is a blessing. And then Renji cuts in and is like, hey, like, stop overthinking stuff. Don't, like, just feel guilty about it. Put your faith in me and Ichigo. Because we're... and, And, like, I'm paraphrasing here. He basically says, hey we're stop thinking that your impact on our lives is negative because we enjoyed meeting you. We're glad to have met you. We're glad that you're in our life. And if you do feel bad and there's like a guilt or burden, let us hold it with you. Uh, Like, it's just a really sweet scene between them.
1: I do really like this, like train of thought, like overall, like I, I'm, very much a fan of hey i realize you think you are pointless but you are not you helped us through like our hard times let us help you my big my biggest issue with it is like the same thing we've been saying like all like all these two seasons which is that it it really does forward the fact that Rukia is here to be like development for the male characters and like it, it it doesn't impact her as much like she definitely has like that moment here where she's like huh maybe i do matter but it's like it, it's so little compared to what we get from the male characters that it just doesn't feel like it doesn't carry that same weight you know
2: yeah like i the thing that i like specifically about this is how uh this isn't a misunderstanding like it's not a misunderstanding of she thinks something happened and then they they think something different uh this is they're thinking of the exact same event with the same information and like they're both characterizing what came out of that event basically in the same way but she feels bad about it for for reasons and they feel good about it for reasons and i like yeah. this because this is this is a thing that happens more frequently in life i feel than than, like, just having different information. It's like, no, we have the same information. We just came to a different conclusion. Um, But you are right in that it's, like, she, like, kind of feels, like, she most is, like, okay, well, fine, if you're gonna be that way, like, thank you, whatever. Um, But she's, in the end, she doesn't get to do much. Like, this entire arc for her hasn't been, like, leading up to an epiphany. It's been leading up with... I guess I can forgive myself and also let you continue carrying me (laughs) uh, to my safety, uh, which is a shame. Uh, Don't worry, it gets much worse before it gets better.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, I I, I do definitely agree with you, though, about, like, this being a much, like, truer-to-life moment than, like, a lot of the show gets sometimes. Like, Bleach does get it, it gets it, but it's also, like... There are a lot of negatives to consider with this positive. Exactly. I'm very now, excited about this next scene.
2: <laughs> so back with the remaining captains and vice captains, uh, Soifon attacks the 13th Division Soul Reapers, and the cap, blah, and the captain commander. Uh, t- he tells Kiraku and Ukitake that he's um, kind of pissed, just a little bit, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a tiny bit.
2: So. Uh, Kiraku's uh, answer is to grab Ukitake's shoulder and then say, boy, we really stepped in it this time, we better run!
1: (laughs) And then he runs away. It, Uh, It literally fucking has the energy of, like, a fucking, like, Cheech Chong-ass bit, or not not even that, just, like, uh, some sort of fucking, like, buddy cop duo or some stupid shit where they're like, wow, we really beefed it, time to get out of here.
2: And at first, Ukitake's like, what the fuck are you doing? My subordinates are going to get killed. Like, Soifan <laughs> is still there, and she has murder in her eyes. And <laughs> Kiraku's like, okay, first of all... If we fight the Captain Commander on that hill, literally everyone on that hill dies. <laughs> like, that's that's just end of story, everyone's dead. Second, someone's coming. <laughs> An ally, you might say.
1: My favorite thing about this is that, like, Ukitake seems, like, really surprised by the fact that there's, like, pushback on their actions here. <laughs> Was So freaking wasn't, like, a huge deal?
2: Yeah, he's kind of like, well, you know, we did this because the courts weren't moving fast enough. What do you mean? What do you mean our actions are illegal? What do you mean you don't approve of us just completely going around your authority and destroying this ancient artifact?
1: I don't understand. I thought you were cool. There's an exchange about this later that especially I love regarding this, but we'll get there. So this <laughs> this this whole exchange
2: it leaves Soyfon alone with the Thirteenth Division subordinates, and uh, she's basically like, "Hey, um, I'm gonna fucking murder you so you can stop embarrassing yourself and your division." <laughs> uh, but before she can do the, but before she can do so yoroichi just comes in from off screen and tackles her off
1: the goddamn mountain okay i i need to fucking say something about this because i was the most confused and like in laughter like literally i was almost in tears losing my shit at this because i could not for the life of me figure out why she was wearing a mask here <laughs> because wearing like a ninja mask like it, it's just like her scarf but like wrapped around her face she comes in wearing a mask and then the second she gets Soifon off the cliff she pulls off the mask for this big reveal that surprise it's me Yoruichi bitch <laughs> for the life of me figure out what the point of that was. We all know it's Yodouichi. Soifon definitely would have known it's Yoroichi. She still came into surprise. It was purely to surprise Soifon in this exact moment.
2: If there's one thing I know and remember is that of, like, one, Yoruichi will do anything if it lets her fuck with someone, and two, if she has the <laughs> option of fucking with anyone, it's with Soifon. And I think we're gonna get True. more of this next week, but she's definitely just doing this entirely to fuck with Soifon.
1: <laughs> it was so fucking funny, and I don't think it was, like, it's, it's supposed to be funny, but it really was.
2: <laughs> As the two women fall all the way to the ground the f- the only captain left on the scene is flying away on a monstrous manta ray she calls Minazuki like this thing is terrifying
1: <laughs> it's, oh, i love it though i love
2: it's, it. it it's a giant one-eyed manta ray with a with like this huge toothy grin and when it when she's about to land back at the 4th division barracks it like it just grows legs that just claw into the ground and like pierce it and then we learn that all of the injured who had been on th- on top of that hill, the uh, the they were inside the monster's belly because it's like a flying vor hospital, and yeah. is also her her son Pakuto. <laughs> so she gets it to spit them out and tells her squad she's like, all right, everyone, just like get to, uh, you know, like go give them a uh, like first aid, br- bring them into the right care, and, pers- and, and they're all like covered in drool and slobber.
0: <laughs> Sam.
1: Flying Vore Hospital is the name of my new death metal band.
2: <laughs> Fair. that You know what? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. She looks back at, at the hill and she's like, well, all the captains are fighting now, like... I'm not gonna get between Byakuya and that Ryoka, and I'm definitely not <laughs> getting involved in the fight with, the uh, fucking Yamamoto. So, yeah, I'm just
1: gonna... I have a thing I wanna see, and then she, like, leaves. <laughs> I, I, I do, like, in, in all seriousness, I do wanna state, I think, like, Mitazuki is a cool-ass Zanpakuto. I think... I I was so happy to see, like, a Zanpakuto that is, like, purely not for combat. Like, Obviously, we don't know if, at this point, if Minazuki has, like, specific combat abilities, but I was so happy that it's, like, very suited to healing and is a flying Vor hospital.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it can, like, bite limbs (laughs) off or whatever.
1: Yeah, probably. It's got a big
2: mouth. (laughs) It is really cool that it's just, like, oh yeah, this, like, healing creature thing. It's a healing bus. It's a Vor bus. It's great. I love it. We cut to a just like completely destroyed and abandoned like portion of Soul Society. It's like just these these ruins of homes and uh just this completely deserted area and Ukitake, uh Shinsui and Nanao all like arrive and then they're like, Oh the captain commander is already here. He got there first. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> And he, like, he just gets up, and he's like, well, time to teach you youngins some discipline. And, and then I was like, okay, well, two captains against the captain commander. Um, oh no, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, I have to help him. And then she reaches into her robe for something, but, uh, Yamamoto just kind of, like, stares her down, and suddenly she loses the ability to stand and the ability to breathe. Like, yeah, it is a traumatic event, uh... As she falls down, like, like, and you, they even do like, um, the animators actually do a really good job of like, she's, she's all sweaty. Uh, she's like, she's got some drool coming out of the, the corner of her mouth. She's, it's she's crying. It, like, it's, it's an awful thing. You're like, holy shit. This man is into, is a like a force of nature. Like this is staring him down is a traumatic event. And my can... favorite
1: part of, of this whole exchange, like, with Manao specifically, is what Yamamoto says to her. <laughs> because it is, it is the most, okay, Yamamoto is fucking pissed. Because he says something among the lines of, I do not have the patience to teach a mere infant to breathe. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's just like and like in the manga uh, I think it's like I don't have time for someone who hasn't learned to walk yet. Uh, <laughs> which is also just terrifying. Um but and like and this continues basically until cuz he's like Yamabod was telling her to leave, but the now is clearly like unable to do so while, while under like the full force of his uh, pressure until Kyoraku mm-hmm. like like he just stands between them and that just like completely cuts it off it's just like very sudden and you know she's still feeling the effects of what just happened but it is just really cool that like he puts his body between them and it's like oh right yeah he's also like a really powerful dude so he takes her he flash steps away and he's like uh i kind of fucked up that wasn't supposed to have happened i'm just gonna lay you down in the grass here um be right back (laughs) And then he flashed that back. <laughs> uh, it is unfortunately all uh, another counter on the women don't get to do much in Bleach. Uh, I yeah. guess we had to ba- we had to balance out Unohana somehow. I suppose.
1: I guess, like I don't know, like I Unohana did like a thing, and then Nanao's, like, you know. up until this point she's been like somebody with pushback on Shunsui, so it does feel like kind of gross in like some ways that he's like all right it's my turn to save you because it's just like I feel like this is probably going to lead into something where oh she actually has a ton of admiration for him and uh, despite the fact that he's gross to me all the time but I don't know like it's it's it, it, it was a good scene it's a good scene
2: yeah, like the the scene works in the in um the the scene works when you get to it it's just it also it's it's just another like uh, strike on the chalkboard basically. It's like, oh, there's a on. lot of
1: there's a lot of bleach where it's like, ah, oh, this is a really cool scene and it works very well in the moment and then you think about the context and then you're like, oh no.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. Um so after this, we get the Genryusai, like reminiscing on the on the two captains when they were training. He's like, "Oh, you were you were basically one of the generation talents, and they were the first captains to come out of the academy. He treated them like sons, and he even goes into like, yeah, like uh, he like he tells us about both of their specialties. How Kiraku was like really shit with the ladies because he was a god awful womanizer, even from even at that time, but." he was one of the most insightful uh, people in the academy. Like, there's no one else who can, like, sniff out lies like he can. And then Ukitake had a frail constitution, but he also has, like, just this incredible magnetism that brings everyone around him. Like, he's the center of everything. Everyone likes him and all that. And both of them were just completely peerless in combat. And in addition to that, they were still, like completely dedicated to their training and like getting stronger and everything. So in addition to being really, really strong and powerful and like just the cut above, they also didn't let up on the, on the work and the effort. All this to say, he's like, Hey, um, I thought of you as my sons and now it's time to show you some discipline because, Oh my God, I have never been so mad. I've never been more mad in my life.
1: (laughs) I've never been so fucking mad that I am going to suddenly burst into flame.
2: All three captains draw their sword, and the captain commander's like, you didn't even unleash your zanpakuto, like, what the fuck? Shunsui tries some diplomacy, and Ukitake, like, you know, joins in, because they're both like, oh, you taught us how to believe in our justice, and etc., to right the wrongs of the world. And <laughs> the captain commander's like, oh, no, no, no. You can't push through the world's justice with your own. And he tosses away his cloak. And he unrobes his upper body. And just catches on fire as he releases countless crisscrossing scars on a body built like a boulder. <laughs> he has
0: he, like an eight pack.
2: Like, he fit. He fit. <laughs> it
1: it and, is the anime in buff grandpa trope. And I, I'm, I'm kind of here for it, but also Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, and we basically end the episode on the... Uh, terrifying, frankly, call of his sword's release. <laughs> All things in the universe turn to ash. Ryujin Jaka. It's
1: <laughs> like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's so much. This fire effect still looks really bad, but it's so much. <laughs>
2: okay, but here's how
1: it looks in the manga. Yeah, this is what I was waiting for. Let me, uh, let me open this. This is Oh my god, that looks sick. That looks sick. Yeah. I, I I understand why they didn't have like the budget to do this. But it's like I don't know. It it really feels like what they were trying to do with this fire effect both this episode and last episode is there, they were just like, okay, if we just put it everywhere, maybe nobody will notice it's bad. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because the thing with this episode and the last episode is it showcases, a part of it is that it showcases a thing that Kubo is particularly good at in, like, in his craft as a mangaka. One of the things he's very particularly good at is how to use large spaces of black and white to just create these effects. Because you can see, like... Yeah. you Like, you can see, like, the way that he's got his... his um hakama spread like it's basically just a big black blob with a couple of white splashes but it's like oh no those are like his legs getting into a stance and then there's this large white splash of page with just a couple of like black etchings through it. and it's like oh no this is a like terrifying inferno that's burning up everything inside of it
1: it, um, it, and it almost gives the impression of being like straight up like white hot fire which is like super fucking sick
2: yeah, and it's like, it's just, this is a thing that's, you can't really just replicate this in animation. You have to find a different way to show it visually. And, you know, unfor- for, unfortunately, they weren't able to, like, really hit that uh, that peak. But they had a good effort. Um,
1: yeah, they, they tried. Like, I, I realize I am dunking on this, and it's like... It it doesn't look great, but like they certainly tried, and it still does give like the overwhelming presence at least.
2: Yeah, uh, and uh, basically the only thing left in the in the episode is the other po- the new post credit scene. Uh, we learned that the Karakur su- Superheroes continue to use the Karin Death Dodge combo attack with a con con's body as a soccer ball, and Jinta's home run to kill Hollows, and Kanonji just remains completely useless while Zenosuke <sighs> watches them. Like a creeper. He's, like, peering around the corner just trying to figure out what the fuck is happening.
1: I Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this. This sure does seem like a Karakura Superheroes bit. (laughs) God. Overall, like... (sighs) This week, like... I don't know, like, that first episode, like... Honestly, like, it obviously wasn't supposed to be funny, but I found it very funny... And then the second episode, like, there were cool moments, but it, it, it like, it, it, it was all set up, but not in, like, the good setup way, if that makes sense. Like, it, we, we had, like, good setup, like, the previous, was it last week or the, uh, week before? Um, The episode where we had, like, all the captains, like, talking about the execution and being like, this is what my feelings on the execution are. Like, that was good setup. And this is just like, all right, well, we're gonna fight next week. And, like, that's not bad. It's just, like, the actual story beats we got here were not as interesting. Uh, And, like, the animation for the, like, setup of the fights was not, like, striking enough to, like have me like, alright, yeah, fucking show me this fight. I'm ready. You know? Yeah.
2: I think what the the issue is that we had an episode of setup where we set it up that okay, Zaraki's taken out Tosin and now he's gonna fight Komamura, and then we have the vo- his two vice his uh two subordinates are off uh, fighting vice captains. And we kind of already had that set up and we kinda of th- we thought that we were getting those fights. And then we get this this these two episodes that are just both setting up the next series of fights and it's like oh okay but like if it had flowed from the previous setup into a fight and then into setup into a fight it might have it might have felt a little bit more even this is more like we just front-loaded a cup a bunch of setups and that's why these two episodes are like whoa i was i was expecting some fighting because we just came out of some setup episodes
1: yeah i don't know it like i didn't Outward hate either of these episodes. I don't even think I disliked either of them. They were just kind of there, and like that's, I, given like how bad some of the episodes earlier this season was, were like I'm okay with that. Like I can deal with that. I will say I think I uh, like a highlight for me was Yamamoto's like toe like revealing itself from within his cane. I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought seeing. You know, Unahana's Zanpakutou Minazuki was really cool. Um, I I did enjoy watching Yoroichi probably more than I should have in the five seconds she was in this episode. But, like, I don't know, the rest of it was just kind of there. I just
2: realized the thing with Yoroichi, and my, so, like, my previous statement is if she if she has the chance to fuck with someone, she will. She's been living as a cat for for God knows how many years, of course she's going to fuck with people as soon as she can.
1: True, true, true. You're right. You're absolutely right.
2: She's more cat than woman now.
1: <laughs> if
2: Soifan had a glass of water on that mountain, <laughs> you bet your ass Yoroichi would have showed up and been like, Hey, Soifan, hey. Oh,
1: shit. <laughs> We just... Have like a fucking 30-second, like, Evangelion pause where no animation is happening, and then just, like, after the 30 seconds, you just hear...
2: <laughs> just, hey, Sofant, I brought you a glass of water. And then she drops it. <laughs> and
1: then after the 30-second pause, you just hear, like, a blood-curdling scream from Sofant <laughs> in Anchor. How dare God. you. This has been an old watch Out, of Ble- Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm, I'm losing my mind a little bit, but you know, it, it's been... I, I, the, the energy this week is good. The energy this week is pretty good. Uh, you can find our show on Twitter at BleachCast, or email us at iwobleachcast at gmail.com with any questions, feedback, or comments. You can also find me on Twitter at at lavender underscore pause. I have not been streaming as much, but you you can also find me on twitch.tv slash lavender pause. You
2: can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ, and I'm gonna leave you with this this direct quote from Renji in the manga. Stop taking all the blame onto yourself. You're not strong enough to bear that burden yet. Divide it up, let those close to you lighten your load until you get your strength back. That's the whole reason that they make themselves stronger. The last bit's maybe, like, not so super applicable to day-to-day, but, you know, I think it's a good feeling. It's a good energy yeah. to go into 2021 with.
1: Yeah, like, uh, honestly, like, 2020 was rough. I think everybody would agree on that. 2020 was fucking rough, but you know what? Let's all do our best. Let's make 2021 a good year as best we can. Let's, let's get through it. You know, just stay cool chats. Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: I already gave my othrood. I don't know what you want from me.
1: Oh, I d- I didn't want anything else, for- else from you. I I I'm in there. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, Press, the fine. Press the button. Press the button. I'm pressing the button. I'm pressing the button. <laughs>